So yes, I, I think I think there are a lot of things going on right now, and I think there is a big sense of change in particular. Everything I mean for all, most for, I would say the most uh, important asset class in the past, which was retail and offices, right? And I think there is a huge sense of you know, it will change. It needs to change somehow. Right, and that whole changing process is a giant opportunity, right? The A Fire Podcast at Expo Real. Welcome to the A Fire Podcast. Now streaming on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Each episode features real and honest conversations with thought leaders from around the world at all levels of the commercial real estate and investing business, examining the ideas and questions fundamental to the future of our industry. Where are we now? What happens next? What should we do about it? How do we become better investors, leaders, and global citizens? For more, here's your host and the CEO of AFIRE, Gunnar Branson. So we're on the second day of uh, Expo Real here in Munich, Germany, uh, in the kind of the the COVID Expo Real. Um, it's it's a little bit different than other expos in that you don't have people from all over the world. It's mostly folks in Europe, uh, but still uh, filled with excitement and uh, some wonderful connections that are happening. And I'm sitting down right now uh, for our uh, special COVID Expo Real remote podcast. Uh, with Joao Madeira de Andrade, who is a board member uh, of Fidelidade Property at Fidelidade. So thank you so much for being a part of the AFIRE podcast. Thank you so much, Gunnar. So just to start, I'd love your take, uh, certainly investing uh, from Portugal uh, across uh, many borders, uh, looking out across the world. Um, What do you think is the state of cross-border investing right now? Right now, it seems like... um there has been sort of an end to a timeout. You know, everybody was just sitting on the sideline watching the brave ones in the in the field, I think. And right now, I think everybody's back back somehow. Yes, I think there are more markets which are more active, definitely, and investors again more active. I see that traveling has made a big big impact. Being able to travel has brought investors back on the market uh, because. I mean, for large for any transaction, you need to at some point in time, the deciders must go and be able to 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 come and visit and have a look and you know feel the properties, right? And um, and I think that's starting to happen right now. Yes, uh, and certainly after November first, I think there's expectation with the United States kind of dropping some of their restrictions uh, that that will lead to more investing. Um, I, I was speaking with one. A fire member uh, just yesterday about how meetings are stacking up in New York uh, with global investors uh, in throughout the month of November. That it's going to be a very very busy month as people are kind of re-engaging at that point. I think it was a pity there that uh, the United States took longer <laughs> than Europe to to uh, allow Europeans to come and to come and visit the country, not visit or do business in the country. You, you, you could, right. They could have done it like uh, other countries did, which was exclude tourism. But if you're traveling for business, then you, you would be allowed to, to come in, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you cannot really stop, um, stop. And I think effectively they put, they put things on hold for a long time for foreign investors. 
and um, it was a pity it was a pity that uh, for instance the even the annual meeting that we weren't able to come from Europe which is a contrasense right yeah. it's a foreign investors but you cannot actually come and join us <laughs> <laughs> it it was it was difficult and and it's one of those things where you know governments make the decisions that they make and and everyone's kind of holding their heads kind of going i i don't see this i don't see why this makes sense and certainly it was the case with this for investors yeah, yeah, i mean yeah. no one was kind of able to able to see it but i'm hoping that with this change with this shift that we're going to see a lot more activity um you know the markets are you know values have climbed quite a bit across the board uh with or without the travel with or without kind of an abundance of capital um as you're looking at kind of the the, the post uh, november one kind of investment landscape um where are you seeing opportunity I, i i think that opportunities lies you know where you look for them right, right. <laughs> but uh, i think i think the re investment requirement list of every investor now over the past year year and a half certainly has increased you know a few bullet points in terms of what a building or any investment should requires in terms of uh being um, um you know sustainable investment for the future in terms of being resilient you know for these situations uh so i think i think people will be much more selective for 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 investing i see i see in different markets where effectively the the office space which is being sold is the core office space you know every everything else is uh well sits still it's paused you know there are no investors for for value add or opportunistic right or, or or little much less than before i would say and i think the main markets will still be the main markets you know i think right now the niche markets will perhaps suffer a little bit more because people will be a little bit more conscious of what can happen in these situations as as we're seeing right now and i believe the countries in which right now there is you know uh the, the how to call it the vaccination status and all of this is co under control um those will be the first ones to show more activity uh the others will still struggle and i think then the the at some point in time having the experience of other countries where effectively you see oh the, the curve is right here so actually like in three, six months times we'll be there so let's go in right now right so i think at the end even the secondary countries i mean in that sense or secondary markets they will benefit kind of from the learning curve that we have now from the established markets too right i think the united states for sure will have uh, will have an increase in in, in activity right now from foreign investors they must they must yeah. i think right now everything was just nothing happened you know the value stayed stable there was no depreciation there was no de devaluation at, at all right so and i think and even the the transactions that took place they were eventually even at a more compressed yields than they were before because there was just the scarce best properties that you know were able to transact in this in this in this time uh as an example we bought we bought a uh uh an office building in London uh in September last year between September and December last year and you know in the middle of the covid right. <laughs> situation we just ha were able to come and visit in a in a small uh, travel window that there was in September like for a week or two we were able to come and see the property and you know we did it all from Lisbon from London and that's where you really see what's the 
importance of working in well-established professional markets where everything, everybody knows what they have to do, you know, in terms of your advisors, the counterparties of uh, advisors, and it's a smooth, seamless transaction. Yeah. It was fantastic, actually. Well, you're able to predict. What, yes. what the process is going to be. It's not yeah. like there's yeah. going to be any, any surprises there. Yeah. I think it's interesting yeah. as, as you look at some markets in the U.S. being one of those examples where different parts of those countries are coming out at different paces or they're having, for example, uh, you know, the Sun Belt in the United States seems to have a different kind of story playing out in terms of COVID than the northern portions, um, you know, and it varies. Who's, who's higher, who's lower, it's, it's different in different times, but they are different, and, and so much of non-U.S. investing has started to redirect itself towards the Sun Belt versus, say, New York. Um, do you think that those changes, along with the environmental issues that have been experienced uh, in some markets, may, if not reverse course, may alter the course of the last, say, 10, 20 years? I would not say alter. I think there, there, I think perhaps there will be a clearer separation and a clearer establishment of there being different realities, right? I mean, the United States is not a market, right? It's a multi. I mean, it's not a country. It's almost fifty countries, <laughs> right? <laughs> because there are so many specific specificities to every location, right? And I think it's that that's the fact that you kind of now are able to really see that there are such. Mark, uh, characteristics that set the locations and markets apart. So you'll have, you know, perhaps different set of investors or different sort of, uh, uh, yeah, funds who are looking for that specific right. type of product or risk, right? So when you look at uh, investing that you're, you're going forward, let's start with like the big picture of where do you think this is going? What do you think this looks like in 10 years um, in terms of the real estate investment landscape on a global basis? It's a very good question. I think it will it will become uh, growingly growingly more available perhaps for everybody right i think there will there are experts professionals in every market every sector every asset class right and there is also there is also um how do you call it availability or investment capital for all different types of locations and risk levels, risk profiles, right? So I think what has really changed or what is evolving is really the ability to match, you know, the investor with the right asset manager with the right product, right? And I think that that in a sense will make it all more transparent and more more efficient at, at the end, right? So. Yeah, I mean it. W it will grow. I think that's that. That's the the trend will be. I mean, it would be uh, ideally you you would want that. It would be a, a sort of a homogeneous type of thing. But uh, but at the end of the day, you will ha will still we will always have the leading economies, real estate markets. Those will be certainly even on the top of a wish list of a anybody, right? And you will have. I don't know, A and B, right? It's always the same. You know, I think the Southern Hemisphere is always behind, yeah. right? I mean, and, and it will stay like that for a long time, I think. It would be lovely to, if it didn't, but, uh, but uh, or at some point perhaps it will, but um, you don't know, right? Um, 
but yeah, I think that there will still be the the bit the how do you call it the the difference between the rich and the poor, right? And and that gap that gap will will continue to widen, I'd say, and more or less the same can happen with the real estate markets as well, right? The strong real estate markets will be stronger. The other ones will be niche at best for the local investors, local markets. But you know, you will not have. Um, I would say, um, in terms of real estate, commercial real estate, I think you will have definitely the established markets, and the rest maybe I don't know infrastructure yeah. type of investment or public uh, government type of uh, investments, public-private partnerships, all of that. It's it's a tough call, right? When when you look across that, and I think that makes a lot of sense. What are some of the or one of the risks that you think people aren't paying enough attention to? Maybe an overlooked risk um, as we as we move forward. I think well, it, it's now it almost sounds like a broken record, but effectively uh, sustainability, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it, it it's becoming too much, honestly, because every second word you hear it's like sustainable. Is it? You know, footprint, uh, uh, impact, right? So it's all wonderful. And, and I think it's all very nice to think onwards that the next deal will be the best deal, right? <laughs> but Or the next investment or the next building or something, right? But I think the big, big challenge is still, you know, and what about all the stock, right? I think that the stock is, is you know, it's, it's, it's not a elephant, it's a, it's a herd, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think that's a big, big challenge there, right? There, there was a joke told by the engineers at IBM back in the 60s that uh, that uh, God created heaven and earth in six days because he did not have an installed base. Uh, I think we've got a similar issue here uh, with sustainability. There's a lot of buildings that uh, are pretty dirty at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think it's, a, it's yeah. definitely yeah. a big problem. Yeah. You're right. And I think there's some significant opportunity, certainly, and risk. Uh, to that, and I think you, you, you ignore that at your own peril uh, as an investor. I mean, I think you have to pay close close attention to that. Well, what are you most excited about then? What, what, what are the things that you think, hey, this is exciting, this is uh, promising? What are you looking at then? I think the whole, I think the big challenge right, right now, and again, it's not, it's not, uh, I think the community spirit, the sense of community that is being created or is being generated around any real estate investment, I think that is, that is super interesting, right? And challenging. It's not you're not buying a building or a shopping center or a well shopping center, whatever, a office building. You're always thinking about okay, so how does it connect with the direct uh, surroundings, right? Who are the users? How you know can how can we kind of fix the community to that property? And um, and I think that you know kind of sense of again community neighborhood belonging yeah. is a new concept people would perhaps just focus on financials you know in investment and all this there is a genuine concern focus because I mean obviously because I think that incomes <laughs> will increase <laughs> but at least it's a, it's a KPI right it's a KPI it's a, it's important people cannot disregard it and I think we are we are focusing starting to focus on the 
things that matter, right? For in the long in the long run, so not not the quick fix. Ideally, well, I, I mean, in an institutional investor, by definition, you're supposed to be thinking long term anyway. I mean, that, that if anyone's able to do that, I think it's the community of institutional investors. So yes, I, I think I think there are a lot of things going on right now, and I think there is a big sense of change in particular. Everything I mean for all, most for. I would say the most uh, important asset class in the past, which was retail and offices, right? And I think there is a huge sense of, you know, it will change. It needs to change somehow, right? And that whole changing process is a giant opportunity, right? And uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's it will be it will be interesting to see how we can manage all this now set of information, all this set of requirements, and. I think we are starting to have also the tools to be able to to really get that done, right? There's a lot of expertise out there and a lot of experience. I think that that kind of open border type of uh, communication that we have in terms of benchmark, being able to benchmark a certain experience, a certain project, a certain positioning, and just try to replicate it somewhere else. That 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 uh, I, I mean, there is a lot of information now available right now that wasn't before you would not know right and now it's at the you know at the at the, at the fingertip almost right well and partially because it was so hard to get in lockdown you know it, it was like we, we had to figure out ways to get around it you know it's interesting we we did our our pulse survey as you know uh just a month ago um and when we asked the question you know what asset classes do you have an appetite for more of in terms of more acquisitions uh, office and retail were at the bottom, with retail more attractive than office by, by a hair, by a hair. They're kind of seen in the same light. Uh, I don't think, if you asked me a year and a half ago if that would be the case, uh, I, I wouldn't have believed you. But today, we're in an environment where both of them have to be, to your point, rethought. We knew it would have to happen eventually, but now, now it's time. We have to. We, we have no other choice. Uh, which means it's a significant investment, which means it's it's a uh, risk. It's it's us trying to figure out what that looks like and where we go from there. I mean, are you looking at office and retail that way in terms of how you know you might want to invest going forward, or are you waiting, waiting to see kind of how no, it plays I, I out? I think I think again, I, I think in real estate, it's really uh, if you are in an established liquid market, if you have the right location, you cannot go wrong. I mean, it's it's uh, it may be simple to think, right? But you cannot go wrong. We have a we have a, a, a development in in Milan, in the heart of the city, CBD. It of course we were impacted by COVID, right? It's a mixed use retail office, whatnot. We could have filled it twice before COVID. Um, then obviously everybody was gone, but right now. I mean, we're beating we're beating the the uh, the market rent. We're beating in offices simply because people want to be in the best location. Full stop, right? So I think offices are here to stay. I, I think at the beginning, a uh, year ago, a year and a half ago, people think, oh, let's do flexible and blah 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 and work from home, and let's not have offices. Then it was like, oh, perhaps 50% offices. Now it's mm, perhaps 75% offices. So, you know, 75 to 100, I mean, we're much back, much closer to where we were before yeah. than anything else. And so I think, yes, people want 
good offices. They want modern offices. They want flexible. They want new offices. I'm new yeah. entirely, right? So a new concept of offices. So I think that that will not go away. So my portfolio of Class C offices in terrible locations, I should worry about that. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but Class C location you can worry about in every <laughs> asset class, I think, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a story behind each building, right? right? And and I think that's the that's the beauty of real estate. Every building is a building. There are no two buildings alike. Yeah. Full stop. You yeah. know, even if the one next to the other one has more sun than the other. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, and 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 for decades we've yeah. been hearing about how institutions are going to commoditize real estate. And yeah. I'm just like, I, you know, yeah. certainly now I, I I couldn't agree with you more yeah. that uh, we're in a situation where there is no commodity. Yeah. Um, in yes, estate. I think it's it it will take. I mean, there will be a market for that probably in the whole. Yeah. But we'll still need brick and mortar. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it's not virtual. We cannot <laughs> be in a cloud. <laughs> I I don't want to be in a cloud. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But I agree that uh, I mean this whole the uh, the how do you call it the, the words right which were bad sheds and meds makes sense. Yeah. Right. Obviously, and, and I think that's the I mean. That there was also another saying, which was uh, everybody needs a pillow, you know, to lie your head on. Yeah. So yes, so residential is certainly certainly uh, connecting um, uh, the basis of everything. Yeah. But I think at the end, it will. I think real estate or square meter, it will, it will, it will all have to evolve much more in terms of being a service, being available, being flexible. And there will have to be a lot of change as well in terms of legislation, right? Yeah. In terms of, you know, what sort of agreements you can make. Lease agreements, is it a service agreement? Uh, what is the protection, you know, that people will want? You know, uh, yeah. it's one thing to terminate uh, a company, another thing is to evict a family, yeah. right? So, yeah. so I think those are all, all issues that will have to, you know, kind of have to put together. Right. Yeah. And that will be different from every country to every country. You know, yeah. Kind of in terms of um, more open mindset or more protective mindset, whatever you want to call it, in terms of objective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's all different and it's all good. Yeah. Well, I, we've pretty much run out of time for uh, this this broadcast, but uh, I, I want to thank you, Joao, for <laughs> all the wisdom from Lisbon. Um, this is, I had to say that. Yeah. Uh, but this has been fantastic. Thank you for being a part of the A-Fire podcast. Thank you so podcast. much, Benner. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to the A-Fire podcast. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. A-Fire is not engaged in providing tax, accounting, or legal advice through this podcast. No content included here is to be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell any assets. Some information, including the AFR podcast, may have been obtained from third-party sources considered to be reliable. AFR is not responsible for guaranteeing the accuracy of third-party information. The opinions expressed in the AFR podcast are those of its respective contributors and do not necessarily reflect those of AFR. To learn more about the AFR podcast, including underwriting and guest opportunities, visit AFR.org/podcast.